Well, hello everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be. Welcome to Quantum Nurse live stream. And with me is a new, very good friend. My guest is Dr. Atusa Madavi. Am I am I saying it correctly, Atusa? Yes, it was perfect. <laughs> okay, yeah. perfect. And uh, you could check her out in one of her website is yourvitalitydoctor.com. So thank you again. And for all of those who are viewing this, if you like it, share it. And in the future, whether you catch us now during live stream or later, please feel free, okay? Because all we, we're having a conversation so we can include you and so we can share whatever we know and help you as we were able to help ourselves. So I just will tell you a little bit about uh, Atusa, Dr. Madavi, but I will ask her to tell more, of course, about herself because no one knows best about oneself if if someone is a holistic practitioner and that would be yourself and so this today it will be dr atusa madavi so she is she has graduated from cleveland chiropractic university in 1994 and has been practicing chiropractic medicine for the last 26 years she is certified also in functional medicine and an ayurvedic health practitioner and so her own personal healing journey along with her patients and fans and families clients took her in a fascinating journey to which kind of like a tale of discovery learning and triumphant healing and recovery that brought her to india and you know she became a hatha yoga master teacher and the uh, ayurvedic yoga therapist and Knowing briefly when we met at the Advanced Medicine Conference last May, I, I sense already that she and I have one thing in common, and that's yearning to be able to share and kind of, you know, have that dream of ending the suffering of individuals. If we cannot save the whole world, if we can you know, influence and save someone's suffering or lessen someone's suffering, that's what we have something in common. So with a holistic approach and profound understanding and knowledge of the human system and the mechanics of wellness and health, she has helped many of her patients and clients gain optimal health and well-being. She believes that long-term involves treating the whole person physically, mentally, and spiritually. So welcome, Dr. Atuza Madavi and her upcoming book, will she'll talk to us about that is called um, The Holy You. And isn't that a wonderful title? And she'll talk more about that. Okay. And this will be that up upcoming book, Holy You. Welcome, Atuza. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> when when I, yeah, I feel like, you know, sometimes in a big conference, thousands of people and the best thing that's, that's happening in a big conferences like that is that you get attracted to meet energetically without even in, 
exerting so much effort and suddenly boom we met each other you caught my attention and then uh, you know i was then before we know it we're having lunch and dinner together so thank you and if, although we're far apart right now someday we'll see each other again but for now this is the moment where we could really talk about what's most uh, pleasurable i say pleasurable because i think you and i enjoy what we do although it's 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 hard so tell us what what was your you because you could have just ended up to be you know just satisfied with a chiropractor right but yeah. then you said okay you're gonna do the functional medicine and before you know it you also took yourself all the way to india so yeah. tell us that aha moment when you said hmm you have to do something more yeah so a few years after becoming a chiropractor and practicing uh, in LA, I was getting a lot of patients that came to me for pain or injuries, but they also had other underlying conditions like diabetes or obesity, fibromyalgia, autoimmune diseases, uh, you know, a lot of digestive issues. And I knew that as a chiropractor, we had a great education in nutrition but I felt like I needed more uh, knowledge um, and methodology and tools in my toolbox to be able to also help them in those other areas of their health that wasn't optimal. And on top of that, I had started to have some um, health issues myself, like I had food allergies, I had developed um, basically this food allergy from nowhere. And uh, Prior to that, I had no food allergies. And, and so that was one of the main reasons that I had to look into. And I was really curious about uh, understanding more, gaining more knowledge. And so not only I could help myself, but I could help my patients. And so that took me to uh, the route of studying functional medicine as a chiropractor. And so I got a certification in functional medicine. I also got a certification a little bit later in integrative medicine. And, um, and I started treating uh, patients with all kinds of ailments. Um, at some point during this journey, um, it's funny because they say that the best healers are those that heal themselves <laughs> from other conditions. So I'm definitely a perfect example of that. And um, as a chiropractor, like running a very busy, busy practice in Beverly Hills, and I had a lot of uh, people working for me, so I had responsibilities with payroll, and you know I had to wear a lot of hats, the PR person, the marketing person, and of course I had an office manager, but you know how it is when you own your own uh, business or practice. So I had to learn a lot, but I was also stressed a lot. And um, the stress caused anxieties. Uh, then these two caused insomnia. And, um, and on top of it, there was an emotional trauma that happened um, that basically resulted in a psychosomatic pain. And um, as a chiropractor, I'm like, I can't be in pain. And I can't have all of these things. So that's what took me to the discovery of yoga for my own personal uh, health. And um, within a couple, and that is in, in 2001, I started um, 
practicing yoga and in 1998 is when I had the onset of the pain due to that emotional trauma, which was really psychosomatic. There were no underlying physiological problems, like x-rays were normal, MRIs were normal. And, um, and so that took me to the path of yoga. And within two years of practicing yoga, my body had changed. I had no pain or almost no pain. Um, my anxiety was gone. My I could handle my stress better. So I became a real believer and practitioner of yoga but i also noticed that a lot of the yogic uh, practices uh, that are more restorative resemble some therapeutic exercises that as a chiropractor i was teaching patients anyway so i had a, a small room as a gym in my office at the time and so i started utilizing some of these yoga postures uh, combine them with the therapeutic exercises and I would like teach the patients those and I saw that the rate of recovery was so much faster and they would recover from their painful conditions whether it was the spine or the extremities whatever it was a lot quicker with less need for chiropractic treatment and I would, I was my own like enemy. Like I would tell them, if you'd want to need me less as a chiropractor, do do yoga. And um, and so this tremendous affinity for yoga and its healing powers that was not only experientially beneficial to me but also to my patients uh, took me to India in 2012 uh, because I wanted to learn it in a manner of that is traditional and classical in the right way, the correct practice. And so I went to India and I found a Hatha school in India that is very traditional and authentic. And I lived there for six months and it was everyday yoga and it was, there were no weekends. Literally, we didn't know the difference between a Sunday and a Wednesday. It was all the same. And uh, it was a grinding experience, but it was a transformational experience. And that is when I actually got certified as a Hatha Yoga teacher and uh, came back in 2013 and started teaching workshop across the country and uh, of course locally as well and private sessions. And then that took me to uh, the path of Ayurvedic yoga therapy which is basically assigning different yogic practices or postures or even breathing techniques, et cetera, to your particular need or condition. And then simultaneously, I went back to school to study Ayurveda. And uh, I studied Ayurveda at two different colleges, uh, California College of Ayurveda, and then Southern California University of Health Sciences, which is also where I now teach. I teach in the chiropractic department and I teach in the Ayurveda department. And um, so it's been really a learning journey for me. I always say I have always been a student um, and uh, not only a practitioner, but also like a student all of my life. And um, so I guess in brief, that's, uh, what took me to all these different modalities and uh, tools for healing? Well, it's that's amazing. Um, when uh, when you said that you combine it, 
for when there's a client where you think were you doing it like as as a separate session or in that moment when you were doing some chiropractic touch or intervention you were also kind of like assisting so does it mean that it's just a one-on-one -on -one combination yeah those were one-on-one -on -one. Okay. those were one-on-one -on -one. when i uh, did those sessions in my office uh okay. at the small room for fitness training or the gym or therapeutic exercise then it would be one-on-one -on -one with the individual patient and it would be according to their condition meaning was it neck the, the area of the pain and uh, accordingly I would design a sequence for them that involved therapeutic exercises but also some yoga practices that would be beneficial for them and um Sometimes it would be combined with their chiropractic session. Sometimes they wanted just to come in for an hour of that because it, generally if I had to split the chiropractic session with the yoga therapy then the, or the therapeutic exercise, with, um, it would be shorter sessions and it would be only a few postures. Uh, okay. So it would be a combination of those two different okay. ways. It's fascinating, wonderful that you were able to, you know, think of it in, in that kind of uh, integration. And then I no 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 hearing from you, I could see that, you know, you just both you and the client will assess it regularly or on that moment if it's something that works or beneficial or not. And, you know, you tend to, you sounded very flexible on what to do with a, with a client that reminded me of the Thai massage and a few of the Filipino massage that is kind of like reminds you of some yoga poses that if 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 a touch healer or a massage practitioner combines certain things then it kind of like if you especially if one is a yoga practitioner like you know we we incorporate yoga it just you can just see the the integration or the similarity so it's wonderful yeah, yeah. Yeah, very true, very true. In fact, uh, when I'm asked what, what is one of my uh, most positive or s strong traits, I would I would say integration. Yeah. Integration. Um, my mind works that way. Um, and so you're absolutely right. Uh, it is um, to be able to see, um, and if you come from a multidisciplinary perspective as far as healing or uh, health uh, care profession is concerned, then, yeah, you see what is needed. You sort of in uh, your own head are like imagining or visualizing what needs to happen or integrate. And now, honestly, like after all of these years of learning and adding to my toolbox with functional medicine, Ayurveda, yoga therapy, Hatha yoga, um, then when I see patients and consult them i'm actually bringing all of these modalities and in my own head um i am thinking about already thinking about what form or what combination of these different tools would be most beneficial and in a sense integrating all of that uh, knowledge and training and see what is best suited for each individual and 
also in Ayurveda, we treat everybody um, as a unique combination of the bioelemental energies. And so everybody's constitution is different. And so therefore not every individual is treated the same. It's the same with yoga therapy. It's the same with even the science of the most traditional science of Hatha yoga, mm -hmm. where the teacher would assign particular practices. Yes, there would be general practices that everybody did, but then there would be very particular specific assignments of certain practices and meditations and breath work that would be very individualized for the person according to their individual makeup, their constitution, the bioelemental uh, makeup, etc. Uh, it's only today in the West that you know yoga came here and it became um, a practice that you go to a studio. Nothing wrong with it, but it's not the complete picture um, that everybody practices the same. And and you go in and even without the proper preparation, you may go to uh, an advanced class because you used to be a gymnast or you, you, you are very fit. And that by itself pre-qualifies you to go to an advanced yoga practice, which is also what brings me to the fact that I've also seen a lot of people that are spiritually inclined um, follow a lot of fads on the internet. Like a lot of fads, like, oh, well, this person is teaching this kind of breath work on the on the internet and it's very advanced and someone without the proper preparation goes and does it and then they have adverse health issues so now i also get a lot of those individuals coming to me and asking me for help uh, and in fact uh, so my next book not wholly you which is hopefully coming up soon in in this month uh, I'm such a perfectionist, and that's one of my downfalls. But then after that, I am planning to write a book about that. Um, oh. You know, about you know how there needs to be a process of a preparation as you get engaged in more advanced spiritual practices, and also the unfortunate uh, mixing of um, psychedelics and spiritual practice, which can have very um, adverse effects, psychologically speaking. And I have dealt with a lot of uh, millennials that unfortunately do that and suffer. Well, I am telepathizing you and it worked because I was really um, sending you a message to speak about uh, the preparation, about the breath work, because I'm seeing that you know about functional medicine integrative medicine ayurvedic way of healing then plus your yoga what is it what is one exercise or one pattern or one intervention that you see that binds them together binds all of these different yeah. modalities together yeah and uh, although i ask you that question because as you were talking and I heard about breath work, for me, it seems like it is the art of breathing that kind of is the key to all of the different ways of medicine, which it's good to have all the different ways because we're all unique. And if you can speak more on that, and if you don't mind, maybe you can 
teach on the oh, what is the most um, like either the basic, basic. or the, yeah please yeah. because I know that people can benefit through that because sometimes like we forget to breathe properly when we're doing when we're doing nothing when we're exercising when we're upset or whatever yeah so, very true very true yeah so very true so yes um, in fact one main thing that uh, has always been overlooked in many different types of medicines is the breath. Uh, it is definitely uh, a universal a concept if you're a human or even if you're an animal, that your breath is your link to your life energy. Your breath, so that is the common thread that basically uh, is the undercurrent of every living creature on this planet is the breathing even the trees breathe even the trees breathe we know that even the entire cosmos as it expands and contracts is the act of breath the life energy and so that is the most common threat or the link within the entire existence and the universe and humanity of course and if you pay attention, and I talk about it in my book, Holy You, that's coming up, that if you count the number of breaths in animals, you see a direct link between the number of breaths in one minute and their lifespan. So for example, elephants that can live up to 80 to 100 years, they in fact breathe about more or less 10 to 12 breaths per minute. Humans breathe about 12 to 18 to 20 per uh, minute, and they live about 80 years. Dogs, as you see how they pant and uh, they breathe so fast and to a lot. So they breathe, a, a, I, if I'm not mistaken, about uh, 20, 20 to 40 or even like 40 to 60 something like that i don't remember right now and they only live about 15 17 maybe 20 years and uh, turtles turtles breed so few times per minute and some of them can live for 300 years so the breath the more shallow it is and the faster it is that means you're breathing more times per minute, the more shallow it is. And you're not even paying attention to it. And that means you're breathing more times per minute. And uh, that decreases your lifespan. And that is directly involved with a lot of uh, mental, emotional, and psychological issues. So we know that, for example, people with anxiety there are shallow breathers. They don't deep breathe. They don't do long and deep breaths. And a lot of times they're even holding the breath. They're not even breathing. You know, something happens, they do shallow breathing and they don't, you know, sometimes they don't even breathe um, for like a few seconds. They hold their breaths and they're not even aware of it. Another thing is that uh, a lot of people do not know the proper or the correct way of breathing. So when I ask someone, please take a couple of breaths, 
and I look at their belly, I see that in fact, when they're breathing in, their belly is going in. And then when they're breathing out, their belly is coming out. That's the reverse of what is the correct way of breathing. When you inhale or breathe in, your diaphragm expands. So your belly should come out. When you exhale, you're contracting your lungs and diaphragm. So your belly and your chest has to go in. So the first step is to teach people the correct and proper way of breathing. Of course, first it starts with understanding the mechanics of the breath. So when I do that, I ask people to use their hands to support and understand the movement of the chest and the belly. So my left hand is on my abdomen right now on the navel center, and the right hand is on the chest. And I simply ask, and we could do it now, that as you inhale, notice a rise in your diaphragm, basically your abdomen, and then somewhat the chest. And then as you exhale, notice that the belly goes in, it sinks in, and so does a little bit in the chest. So then inhale, exhale, and sometimes for me to guide their breath. So because when you ask people to breathe in and out, you notice that it's so short and quick. So then I add counting of numbers to it. So I may say, I'll count to four as you inhale to the count of four, then you exhale to the count of six. So then with the hands on the chest and the belly, inhale to a count of four, one, two, three, four, exhale, one, two, three, four, five, six. Inhale, one, two, three, four, exhale, one, two, three, four, five, six. And then sometimes I add a pause because there is a natural pause between inhalation and exhalation and vice versa. And so they, I, I may count to four as they inhale, then hold for a count of two, then count to six as they exhale and hold for a count of two. So we could do that. Inhale, one, two, three, four, hold, one, two, exhale, one, two, three, four, five, six, hold, one, two. Inhale, one, two, three, four, hold, one, two. Exhale, one, two, three, four, five, six, hold for a count of two. So this basic uh, form of breathing is basically bringing connection to the breath especially because you're also tactile sensation with the chest, you're connecting even more physically to the breath. You feel the sensations of the breathing as your belly expands when you inhale and it contracts as you exhale. So now this is the beginning of learning how to breathe correctly. Then we will bring that awareness throughout the day. 
So I would say throughout the day, maybe uh, when you get anxious, bring your attention back to your breath. When you're stressed out, bring your attention back to your breath and do the abdominal or the diaphragmatic breathing. Pay attention to your breath. Do that throughout the day. If someone doesn't really, you know, um, know how to uh, intune themselves when they're stressed or anxious or they forget, I'll ask them to set a, a signal or an alarm on their phone, something that is soothing, actually, multiple times a day, like let's say every three hours. And in those segment time segments, bring your attention back to your breath. Breathe with the belly, abdomen. And when you exhale, make sure your abdomen contracts. Sometimes that's so difficult for people. Like they say, I don't know how to contract my belly when I exhale. So then in that case, you have to tell them to guide the movement with the hand. So a little bit of pressure on your belly to actually mechanically push the belly in as you exhale. Now, when you inhale, you'll see naturally your belly expands because the air has to go in. And so, so there are many, many different tricks and techniques of making sure someone is breathing normally. And that brings their attention back to the breath throughout the day. Because it's not just about, okay, once or twice a day I sit and meditate, that is great. But it's also to learn, even as you're engaging in your activities of daily living, that you keep bringing your attention back to your breath, your conscious of your breath throughout the day. That's, that's one beautiful and powerful advice, Atusa. Um, oh, and I also noticed that, you know, you're teaching us that basic by breathing through the nose and exhaling through the nose as well. Because yeah. I'm sure, you know, for a regular practitioner or a student of yours, you teach, you know, when to do that inhalation through the nose and exhalation through the mouth, etc. Because I know that, oh, some, some, uh, I know one practitioner, uh, Ayurvedic doctor also, that's usually what he teaches they both. And he taught, you know, that I think there's a difference between those two mm -hmm. when you exhale, right, to the mouth. Yes. I never start any beginner with breathing out through the mouth because as it is as it is a lot of uh, people breathe through the mouth in and out okay. and i really don't okay. want to i just want to train them to make sure that they breathe through the nose especially okay. because in yoga which is the sister science of uh ayurveda um it's always through the nose when you do yoga it's always through the nose when you do different types of kriya meditation which utilizes the breath then maybe you open the mouth and exhale through the mouth but other than that um for the most part most of the yogic practices that are in the traditional form of yoga which is hatha um it's always been inhale through the nose, exhale through the nose. And in fact, that's the way that the human system is meant to breathe. And yes, sometimes we can, for the practiced student, someone who's been practicing for some time, then in certain uh, practices of breathing, uh, then you could have them exhale through the mouth. But for the general public that is just learning 
how to breathe it's always through the nose in and out through the nose and and that makes sense because you, you're right a lot of people breathe through their mouth and it's no good to even reinforce that breathing and and uh yeah i'm used to the nose in and out also so when i still used to dive or do the snorkel sometimes it's hard it, it takes yeah. me a while to get used to breathing in and out through the nose um, yeah. i'm tired until my i can settle down again now the other one also uh atusa and you're also right when you said people some to 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 some this seems easy but there are really people who are like how do you do that how do you breathe and you know like which one goes in uh, bigger and but i've also had one um what two sessions with in a special martial artist then this one too so i got i got real confused because i'm i'm so used to breathing in and with my abdomen getting bigger but this one she was teaching us to breathe and make it uh, make our belly smaller and because she teaches us and that's how you make your back stronger Mm -hmm. so um yeah so it seemed to make sense also but it took me a while to understand that you know to make sure that i'm doing the difference and to follow and so i could experience mm -hmm. yeah so i think it, it there is a definite distinct difference between the two uh when you exhale you contract your belly you make it smaller uh when you inhale naturally i mean look at the laws of nature let's look at the laws of nature um look at the newborn look at the way they breathe when they breathe when they breathe in their belly comes up the whole body the whole front seem to like yeah. yes and when they exhale it goes in okay. um, and so I understand that there are many different tools like martial arts and different things that also have a different perspective on things or it's just for that particular practice that you temporarily have to pull your belly in. Like in, in, um, in ballet also, they constantly are asking the ballerinas to pull their stomach in. But even as... If you are a practiced breath person or yogi or someone that knows how to breathe, even when you pull your belly in, you can still manage to take a deep breath in and let your uh, diaphragm expand to a certain degree. You still don't have to do shallow breathing, even when you pull your belly in. But during a normal meditation practice, you do not want to do that. You don't want to be pulling your belly in, making your stomach small. No, you want to be relaxed. You want to let go of those abdominal muscles. Let them be where they want to be in a relaxed manner. Then breathe. Well, I'm with glad you mentioned that because there's a question here. He said, so is breathing with our belly better? With our belly? Yes, breathing with the belly is better. Yes, yes. Okay. Especially for those of you who are shallow breathers, have anxiety, have stress, if you or get angry, pay attention to the way you're breathing. A lot of times it's superficial. 
it's only from the chest. It's not from the belly. And so initially, this is what you want to do. This is how you want to become aware of your breath and stop the shallow breath, which is the cause of a lot of problems in our health. Thank you very much for all that uh, teachings, especially nowadays that until now, some people and some many all ages are still using masks and you know, the masks are really like, I don't know, I, I'm even a nurse and I'm used to the mask at the, yeah. when I was, used to work at the hospital, but it was still difficult for me when I flew to attend a conference, even if I was using the thinnest of all. Yeah, yeah. so now with, with the functional medicine and Ayurvedic medicine, um, I guess especially with Ayurvedic medicine, Oh, okay. First, let me tell you that in my observation, I, I also got trained in the functional medicine and integrate, you know, and then but one one kind of like um sort of like that weakness that I did see, that's why I sought more to study, is that they weren't really talking about um, about the the frequencies or energy medicine, which I know in Ayurveda, that's they may not say it as your energy medicine, but I know that acknowledging, yeah. you know, that frequency before it becomes matter is part of the Ayurvedic medicine. So I'm really excited that this is what you're doing with, with, with you know, as you describe the whole approach for that. Yeah. Uh, so like nowadays, in, in as, as both as a practitioner, a very holistic practitioner like yours, when people are scared about many things, you know, they talk about transfection, transmission, and you know, then we don't also then people might say, Oh, I don't want to visit because you didn't have this intervention yet, or you're your poison dart, or oh, I, I, I'm scared because you had it already. So what do you advise then? Or when someone comes to you with certain problems now in this current times, what would be your best three, five recommendations? Yeah, so honestly, like um, we've always ignored the immune system and the body's own ability to heal itself, to defend itself against anything such as a bacteria or a virus or what we call or perceive as a virus and external um, uh, bodies, uh, foreign bodies, etc., that we encounter. So there is a perfect design in the human system and um, that is the immune system that is actually built as a defense mechanism against all of these things. It's just that we have ignored our bodies, the health of the immune system, and we haven't been taught by the mainstream conventional medicine about healthy lifestyles, healthy daily routines, healthy diet. And unfortunately, the conventional way of thinking has always been, if you get sick, take this pill and it'll take care of it. So there is this identification with quick fixes. Give me a jab, give me a pill, give me an antibiotic, 
and let me get rid of this thing that I have. Whereas if you look at the mechanics of when you are sick and you have fever, for example, well, when there is an infection or there is a bacteria or a virus and your body's temperature rises, that is a perfect design because viruses and bacteria are killed in a high temperature. But what does the conventional medicine do? It tells you to suppress the fever. It'll, they'll give you antipyretic or anti-fever medication, or they give you antibiotics. Where in fact, you need what you need to do, first of all, is prevent your immune system from uh, getting so vulnerable that with the first encounter with the germ, you're actually going to have infection. So we are surrounded by germs. We're surrounded by bacteria. In fact, if you examine this body, it is more, all of us, all of our bodies, more bacteria and viruses than what you call as human cells. In fact, in the evolutionary process of the human mechanism, this human system, there were bacteria and viruses that made us who we are. In fact, mitochondria is like a bacteria. Mitochondria is the cell within the system that makes energy for the body. And so uh, to look at germs and viruses and bacteria and things of that nature as our staunch enemy, enemies, it's a programming and conditioning of the conventional medicine and the pharmaceutical companies that just wanted to sell you pills and jabs. Where in fact, if you're having a healthy lifestyle, healthy daily routines, if your body is not depleted of vitamin D3, of zinc, of vitamin C, selenium, then if you're depleted of those things, if you encounter a virus or a bacteria that you have never encountered before, so therefore your body has not built up the immunity against it, you will get in, you have an encounter and now your immune system is compromised either because you your lifestyle uh, is not good, your diet is not good, or either because you have underlying health issues, then your immune system, your natural immunity does not recognize that foreign virus, germ or bacteria to go and kill it. And so it skips the natural immunity. And then that virus or bacteria replicates to a larger numbers and then your body becomes symptomatic. But even with the symptoms, your body, which is fever, which is cough, which is runny nose, it is expelling the germs. It is clearing the lungs and the sinuses from mucus. Do you want to suppress that cough? No. Do you want to suppress the runny nose? No. You just want to support the system. What can you do? The, at the onset of this very thing called the pandemic last year, I started putting videos on YouTube as asked people to start taking vitamin D3, start taking zinc, selenium, vitamin C. Did I say D3? I think I did. If you do catch something, take coricetine as well. 
elderberry syrup to soothe you. Start to take uh, steam inhalation with sage, eucalyptus, tea tree oil, steam inhalation with these essential oils in it. Rub your throat, your glands, and your chest with sage essential oil with a little bit of tea tree, not a lot, very little, like one drop or two. You could even apply a little bit under your nose, like one drop of tea tree oil. Sage, you could put more. Tea tree oil is very um, strong, so very little of it is best. Keep your body warm. Do not have heavy foods. Do not have cold foods. Have warm food, have moist food, meaning soups and stews. Use thermogenic herbs that those are spices, like cinnamon, like turmeric, like cumin, like fennel, uh, ginger, to heat up the body so it'll kill those things. In the process, if you have this kind of a healthy lifestyle, and in the process, you enhance your immune system and also eradicate some of those early uh, uh, underlying health issues as well, which is the main cause of a lot of the deaths because people who had COVID either were above 70 years old plus 2.6 other underlying health issues. The, the key is to prevent those underlying health issues with healthy lifestyle, diet, mindset, activities, and a proper daily routine. And these are the things that enhance your life, enhance your health and vitality that nobody cares to talk about on the mainstream media or in the conventional medicine. A lot of the doctors have good intentions, but they're trained, meaning medical doctors, but they're trained by pharmaceutical company that really only cares about their quarterly revenue reports. And the CEOs get millions and millions of reward because the quarterly report, the numbers are good. And if you think that their mission statement is to have humanity reach their highest level of health, you're mistaken because they'll be out of business. And so um, make sure that you live your daily routines according to the circadian rhythms. This will be in my book. All of these that I'm talking about, speaking about, it will, it will, it will be in my book. Circadian rhythm, Ayurveda daily routines, they're in line with the laws of nature. If you live in harmony with nature, if you eat the proper foods for your constitution, if you do breathing practices every day, if you eat clean food, organic, no pesticides, no hormones, no antibiotics in the meat that you eat, if you become more conscious and aware of what you put in this body temple, then this body temple will take care of you. It's been given the tools to do that. And we just have to change our way of thinking about it. And there needs to be a lot of deprogramming of the narratives for years, perhaps, of the conventional way of thinking about our health and our immune system.
Well, you mentioned a lot of, you mentioned everything that I believe in and I apply for myself. And that's why, just like you, I can really vouch for these things. If you reuse all of this before you get sick, build your body. It's just like you're building your home, right? You can put materials that are not very good. Like if you have a, and, and depends on talking about the terrain theory of the environment. So if you build your house and your house is near the shore, so of course you have your different materials if your house is away from the shore or up in the mountain. So mm -hmm. that's that's the image that I can yes right away. And it's interesting because I also heard one doctor who said there's um, no if people think that there's a pill for every ill not not really so when people went crazy like being scared about what they said we have to be scared of it's really because they thought okay they can have a pill for every ill but the one sure thing this is true is there's always an ill for every pill and there's many <laughs> ills for one pill i love it and I say that because even yeah, for those who are not in the medical field, go try it. If you research a medication or some um, intervention that is being promoted by the big pharma, the list, the indication is short, but the contraindications and the side effects, which is technically the effects, are much more. So, yeah. Absolutely. So, people think of that and you know i like sometimes uh word syntax and you know and so yeah yeah you know you also talked about energy frequency which ties into this scare that has been created the fear that has been created and fear is such a powerful emotion powerful in the shadow aspect powerful in the negative aspects of it it's such a powerful emotion that all it took was for the mainstream media to bombard you with negative, fearful, scary messages about this whole pandemic and the virus, that that fear that was injected onto the people would be the, the ground that they were laying down so then their agendas would succeed. And unfortunately, that fear worked for a lot of people, a lot of people, even some people who call themselves on the spiritual path. And I'm not saying I deny the fact that they are on the spiritual path or they think they were on the spiritual path, but they had not done the inner work because the spiritual path is not just getting on the yoga mat and practicing. It's not just talking a talk. It's about internal work. And it's about knowing and trusting from your intuitive mind. Because we, a lot of effort has gone into making sure that people trust the, in their own intuition is eradicated that you are programmed and conditioned to listen to authority and never question authority 
That's counterintuitive for humanity, counterintuitive. But it's years, perhaps hundreds of years and thousands of years of conditioning that you think that there is this authority in places like government and things like that, or media or your role models, or even in some cases, your parents that don't know any better, but then they want to inject you these ideas. And in at so many levels, this programming has been done. When you vibrate at such a low energy frequency of fear, just by vibrating in that vibration that is very low in frequency, you're already attracting a lot of negative, negative things. Like attracts like. If you're in fear, you're going to attract more fear. You're going to attract more experiences that will tell you you were right about that fear because you're experiencing in that frequency. So they'll bring a lot of experiences in that fear frequency realm. We are multidimensional beings. If you're in the dimension of fear, that's how you're going to experience the world. And your experiences, your life experiences are going to match that frequency. Apathy. A lot of people are vibrating at apathy, which is also a lower, but it's higher than fear, but it's still low in vibrational frequency, which causes you to do not take any action. Do not do anything about what something intuitively is telling you. It should change. Something that you know is wrong. You are apathetic. You let it happen. You don't take the right action. And so therefore, you will be exposed to anything that anybody does and says and inject into your body because you're being apathetic, not proactive. Now, the next level, if you're at anger, you're vibrating at a much higher level. It is better to have righteous anger and transmute that like an alchemist into right action, not succumbing to staying in anger, but transmute it, feel it, let it move through you. Be angry at what is happening. Be angry out of the lies. Be angry with the, the harm that is being done. But then don't stay there. Breathe through it. Transmute that energy into right action. Do something about it. Educate others. Write something. Talk to your officials. Go to the, you know, the your local government, your representatives, talk to them, sign a petition, write a petition. Be out there. Engage in your local communities that are getting together to make things change. Be outspoken, for God's sake. Be outspoken. Don't fear. You're a divine being that is empowered to live in this very now moment as an agent of change. Recognize it and step into that leadership role in that uh, transformational person that you are, you're meant to be. And, um, and that's, you know, that is, I think, also very important for people to understand that this is not by accident that this happened last year and it continues to be, because we're living in a very pivotal moment in human history. Perhaps there has not been any 
thing in the human history that matches this level of intensity and this level of transformation. And at the end, our vision has to be a positive image and vision of what we want to create on this earth as a new earth. They want to create the new world order. We want to create a new earth. I love everything that you said, and uh, I, I support you with everything that you said. So my question is, how's <laughs> your family and your friends? Are they still in your circle <laughs> or are you getting divided already? Yeah, there has been division. Okay. There has been division. And even in family, um, and uh, with friends, thankfully, most of my friends are on the same wavelength. Most of my friends are. Um, but of course, in I have family members that are not like on the opposite. Yeah. And and it seems like the whole narrative is intended to be separated, to divide and conquer. Yes. And I ask that because there's again this, that I heard it again from one of the speakers that um, when we, because again, physically, biologically, our cell keeps dividing, right? But its cell, even in quantum medicine, is a, is a whole not mm -hmm. even a part of a whole, but a whole itself. That's why they have this cloning thing if they have to. So he said, when we think, we cannot think as, as divine beings in this man and woman form, we have to think as a we, mm -hmm. because that brings us to wellness. But if we mm -hmm. think as an I, it brings us to illness. Very so good. I, I like to remember that. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Absolutely. So we have to have another conversation in the Very future. True. We can yeah. talk about other things because it yeah. seems like, you know, for both of us coming from two different cultures and we find ourselves here in the United States. So we do have stories of either uh, our own culture or part of the genocide or ethnocide or sovereignty. So next time we will have to do that. And I just want to respect your time. So um, anything upcoming other than the other than the holy you, which would be your book in the future. And then you said you have another book and, oh, let me tell them that you also about this one. Tell, let, let them know about the expert's cure. Oh yeah, so this is a very proud moment of, of, my, of my journey. Um, so last year, at around November of last year, uh, the um, 20 uh, authors uh, that were engaged with the same publisher, um, we have the same publisher for our own books that are either out already or are coming up. And um, we got together, the 20 of us, and we decided to write a book together and co-author a book with 20 chapters and 20 um, authors with, uh, with the first chapter being the publisher's chapter. And his name is Rob Cosberg. And he wrote the first chapter. He published the book, The Expert's Cure. And everybody would um, 
write a chapter based on what they want to share. And he wanted to put it out there and share the message of hope and healing um, in from like this year of 2020 that was like so damaging to a lot of businesses, to a lot of people's health, uh, mental health, financial health, etc. And so we got together and wrote this book and it was published um, on Amazon and with it in uh, it was published in March and in April it became a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller as well as Amazon bestseller. So uh, there were 15,000 copies sold, which um, um, basically USA Today and uh, and Wall Street Journal announced the book as their best-selling, one of the best-selling book. On USA Today, uh, it was number five in non-fiction books. Uh, on Wall Street, it was one, number one in business leadership and motivational self-help. And on Amazon also, it was number one. Um, and so that was a very proud moment. And, and this book, uh, my chapter, I believe is chapter 17. And in fact, it is about immunity. Mm -hmm. It is about how to prevent and uh, things like, in, you know, viral infections and in, uh, flus and colds anyway, but also general guidelines for a healthy lifestyle. And um, yeah, and I do have a, I do have a link to my chapter for free for anybody who wants to download it. If they go to my website and send me a message, I can share that link with them uh, to download the free chapter, which is um, which is a great tool to start up your journey on a healthy lifestyle diet and also tools for taking care of yourself if you get a flu or you get a cold. And they can always get in touch with you through the website, yourvitalitydoctor.com, right? Yeah. Any more announcement of upcoming events or just last wisdom from you? Um, up, well, the only exciting thing that is coming up for me is the publishing of The Holy You. I have kept on postponing it just because I'm a perfectionist and you know, last year with the whole pandemic, I got uh, sidetracked with other things. Um, but that's basically the most exciting news is that I'm hoping that we could put uh, yoga retreats back up again and uh, wellness retreats and Ayurvedic retreats, which I used to do um, prior to this. But uh, I don't have anything scheduled yet. But obviously, you know, also on my website, if people want to get consultations, etc., functional medicine or Ayurveda or yoga therapy, uh, you, they can contact me. Okay, that's the website. And yeah. I, I will share you my quantum affirmation with you because uh, I like sharing the quantum affirmation with my guests. And uh, so... And I, sh I have this card and I shuffle it. And then uh -huh. I get one card and said, let me say, what do I share with Atusa today? And of course, for the audience, okay? And I like uh, reading this with intention, feeling every word and uh, doing it three times in the morning, at noon, in the afternoon and in the evening. So like 12 times. 
So I in this what this is what I got. Living my life to the fullest. I am dedicated to living my life to the fullest. I do what it takes to release feelings of inferiority. I always do my best at every task. I celebrate how far I have come in my own knowledge and skills for helping others. I am dedicated to living my life to the fullest. I do what it takes. I release feelings of inferiority. I always do my best at every task. I celebrate how far I have come in my own knowledge and skills for helping others. I am dedicated to living my life to the fullest. I do what it takes. I release feelings of inferiority. I always do my best at every task. I celebrate how far I have come in my own knowledge and skills for helping others. And I like that it's all I because we have to take responsibility just as we don't really there's no such thing as i it becomes a we so what we do is really very very collaborative Absolutely. and I that was beautiful so that was beautiful thank perfect. you <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much and my in my oh, sorry <laughs> that's my friend chris and in my language i like to say mabalos that's thank you and Mama. your language and what how do you say thank you in your language you could say mercy mercy so for me it's marvelous marvelous thank you thank you for having me and please share to our audience and thank you so much for being with us and see you again next time absolutely <laughs>